Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. This week, my guest is screenwriter Bennett Yellen. He is one of the co-writers of the films Dumb and Dumber and Dumb and Dumber 2, T.O., that came out uh, a couple years ago. And he's got amazing Hollywood stories. I could have talked to him all day, so... Uh, that's going to be good. But before we get to that, I want to encourage you to go to DennisAnyone.net. There you can see photos that go with some of the podcasts. I, um, the bike tour uh, guy in Berlin that I, that I posted a few weeks ago, I posted a bunch of pic- pictures from the tour. So you can see what we were talking about, what things look like. Um, you can also donate to my virtual tip jar there. It helps me pay for the expenses that come with doing the podcast. And uh, I really appreciate it. And you can also email me at Dennis at DennisHensley.com. I want to also encourage you to like the Dennis Anyone Facebook page. And um, you can follow me on Twitter, too, at Hensley Dennis. I'm really mad that I'm not one of those people whose handles are all the same everywhere you go. But they weren't always available. I'm really sorry. I feel like it's a big shortcoming of mine that I, that I just couldn't get. Whenever I see somebody that has all the same things, I'm so jealous. Anyway... That's neither here nor there. Um, I also want to get a plug-in for my friends Dave White and Alonzo Duraldi. They host the Linoleum Knife podcast. It's awesome movie review talk and couple banter, which is very entertaining. They are always uh, include me in their list of plugs, and I always appreciate that. So check them out if you haven't already. And um, that's about it. Without any further ado, here is Bennett Yellen. Okay, I am here in my own home with this week's podcast guest, Bennett Yellen, screenwriter. Credits include Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and Dumber 2, and there was one in the middle, right? That there was, but I didn't have anything to do with that. You had nothing to do with it. Did you get a check for the characters or anything? Yes, and you get a gratuitous executive producer credit. But uh, I had no creative uh, input on that whatsoever. But the check cleared, right? The check is still clearing. Yes, right no, on. <laughs> yeah, it did clear. Thank you. Thank you, New, New Line. There you go. Is New Line... <laughs> no, New, Line, New Line's the studio behind Dumb and Dumber. New Line is the studio behind Dumb and Dumber. I always yeah. think they're not existing anymore, and then they're existing. Well, because they were subsumed. They were eaten by Warner Brothers. So it's, it's, it's a division of Warner Brothers. But it's, but it's still rollicking, and it's still rollicking Still the same people, and when they released it, they released it under the New Line... Yeah, uh, you know, thingy. So, how long have you lived in LA? Been a, a Hollywood writer? Well, I well, I have been. I was born and raised here. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, cool. I was. Your research is is I, thorough it's very and relaxed. complete. You know, I put in a good <laughs> ten minutes. All right. Well, that's that's yeah. ten minutes more than I would. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was born and raised here, and then uh, I went to UCLA, uh, right? And then I went to graduate school at the University of Massachusetts in Amherst, and met. Peter Farrelly, my first day of, of graduate school, we became friends. Which one's the older, Bobby or Peter? Uh, Peter's older. Peter older. Yeah. So you met him on the first day of grad school? First day. And we became very good friends. And we knew we had a similar sense of humor because we were in our... The, the first class I was in was a short... I was there for, to get an MFA in fiction. Right. And it was taught by this writer. And you're supposed to bring in the, fir- the first page of a short story. Right. And we go around the room and read our first pages. And then we talk about what, what we could glean from that. And the teacher was 
I, I don't know if he's still alive. God bless him if he is. Right. This heavy set guy named George Cuomo. Okay. And so we read, and Peter was sitting across from me. Remember, I'm I've never been. I'm Orthodox Jew. I've never been like outside of Los Angeles. Basically, right. Here I am sitting in Massachusetts, Western Massachusetts. I don't know where I am. Boat shoes yeah, and but, white people and wasps. Yes. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Although I didn't have payas, so okay, or a yarmulke. We read the first page, and and George says, "No, I like this first page very much, but." And I have one very big butt. And he, <laughs> he did. It was right. enormous. And I just remember looking up to Peter, and we looked at each other, and went, <laughs> just burst out laughing. He said, well, what is it? We were like, no. So right after class, he comes up and says, hey, I'm Peter. He said, I'm Bennett. We became friends instantly because we knew we had the same, the same stupid thing. sense of humor. Well, yeah. the, the work that you've done together and separately is very irreverent and body and funny. Were you, <laughs> yes, were you yeah. there to be like serious fiction literature guys? Is that the... Is that where you wanted and to go? My my goal was, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm right. trying to extend this sabbatical from actually having responsibility. Right. I'll get a degree. I'll get this degree. Maybe I'll go teach. What I really thought was I'd, I'd graduate and teach English right. at some college you know, in the Midwest. Right. That's, that's really what I thought was going to happen. And that's not the way it happened. And so, so during the course of our, our being there together, we wrote a screenplay just because not, neither of us had any connection with the industry. I mean, he's from Rhode Island, from Rhode Island. I'm from Los Angeles. And really, I mean, I didn't know anyone in the business. Right. Uh, but we wrote this script and just before we were graduating, this is like, uh, in Christmas of 85, he was in New York with, uh, he was on a date and, uh, the girl said, you know who moved in next door to my parents in Alpine, New Jersey? Eddie Murphy. And Peter was like, really? I mean, do you ever see him? And she said, I saw him washing his car. So he gave her our script. It's called Dust to Dust. Gave her our script. She called about two weeks later and said, you know, he was coming out to get the paper, and I ran over and gave it to him. That is nuts. Okay, so hold the excitement. So meanwhile, I was at home in L.A. for the holidays, and my sister would go Israeli dancing, and she knew David Zucker of the Zucker Brothers. Right. And I said, Freda, would you give David our script? This is 1985, so remember, could never happen today. No, people again. have yes. guards for that. There are yes. people with tasers I can't, <laughs> ready to... I can't even read something right. because uh, for legal reasons. I mean, right. if someone said, oh, there's a similarity, I, sh- I showed you my script. And right. So... Uh, we never heard anything. That, so now, let's, we graduate. Now it's right. like March, in April of 86, and I'm about to move back to L.A., and I empty my apartment in, in Amherst, and I'm about, I, I, I go on a long, to Mexico on a vacation. I come right. back. This detail is so not important, except I like it. I come back. I have Montezuma's Revenge. I come back in the middle, and I, I grab my mail, and I'm sitting there on the toilet. I cannot get off the toilet. I'm going right. through all the mail. And here's a, a letter from my dad, and I open it up, and it's the calendar section of the L.A. Times. And it, this is the opening line. It says, uh, it was all about Eddie Murphy. What's he going to do next? Because he had done Beverly Hills Cop, and he was like, this was, this was, was May a, of 86. Yeah. He couldn't have been... Uh, the height of Murphy. Right. The height of Murphy. Yeah. And it said, Eddie Murphy was looking out the window of his Alpine, New Jersey home when he saw uh, his neighbor coming across the street with a script in, it said, her, his hand. So uh, the, the, the neighbor gave him the script, Dust to Dust. Murphy read it, loved it. And now, and my dad had written in the mic, is this your script? And you had heard nothing about Nothing. This. What had happened was, 
This is exactly what happened. She'd given it to him. He'd read it. He loved it. He left it in, in New Jersey and came back to L.A. And he remembered our names and they were calling, they were asking around, who are these guys? We were nowhere. They planted this so that we'd call in. Wow. Yeah. So we called in and we said, we're the guys that wrote that. And they, they said, we want you to meet with us. And he wants you to write a movie. That's how we got started. Meanwhile, the Zucker brothers called my sister and said, we read Bennett's script. I gave it to Jerry. We gave it to Jim. We all love it. We want these guys to write for us. That's how Holy we got started. Smoke. Yeah. What was that about? It, was, it never got done. Yeah. It was about two idiots, very much like Dumb and Dumber idiots, right. who get a job at a, a low-cost funeral home right. that's, that's being used for smuggling drugs. Fun. Oh. Mm. Yep. And you wrote this with... With Peter. Just with Peter. With just right, with right, Peter. right, right. Right. Um, and we did try... Uh, there's, there's a whole sequence where they are told to throw out... Uh, a, they have to drive a hearse around. They're told to throw out an old coffin and... They, when they're on the freeway, they get mixed up with an actual funeral procession, and the procession follows them, and they throw the coffin in the back of, like, in a dumpster. Right. And I, I, we tried to put that in Dumb and Dumber, too, because yeah. I, I just love that scene so much. Right. We, it we, didn't work? We, have cut, we wrote it. It was too expensive. They, they actually was gonna, they were going to throw it into a, a tree shredder on the side of the road. That's an amazing story. So yes. how old were you? You would have been 20. I was 11 years old. Now, yeah. yeah. I was... I was born in '59. I'm, I'm 57, so uh, right. I was in my I was in my 20s. Yeah. Wow! And we came here. First and we, of all, yeah, you yeah. don't look a day over like 40. If you could, you say it again. Say it louder. You don't look a day Closer over 40. The, into the mic, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. No. Um. So, what was the first? <laughs> where was the first meeting you and Peter went to? Where you were like, "Holy shit!" I, I can tell you exactly. Well, how did we so end up weird. here? This was the meeting with. Uh, I could. I think I could say now. If I don't use names, this sure. is the meeting with uh, Eddie Murphy's company. So, okay. we, so we're out in Los Angeles. And we're staying. We're both staying at my parents' house until right. we get a place. And we want you to come in. And, and we're supposed to meet with somebody who who was his manager. I won't, I won't use names. Okay. And uh, and we're there. We're at the Param- lot at Paramount, and uh, we're in the office, and we're told, oh, you know, uh, they're they're coming back. They're driving back from Vegas, so they're they're going to be. A little late, so we wait ten minutes, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, and it's not not with Murphy, but but with, with this guy, right? Uh, and now forty five minutes. That's up and up, up an hour. We're like, I mean, should we go? Whatever. Finally, he arrives. He doesn't just arrive. He's so coked out, he cannot finish hey, his words. No, 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 no. no, no. no. This was someone who was who yeah, worked yeah. for him, who okay. we were supposed to meet. He couldn't couldn't. You couldn't understand what he said. He came in, and uh, this is no exaggeration what it sounded like. Guys, I just got back from this thing. It was really hard. And Peter and I are like, like we, don't, uh, we don't know what to do. He goes to the bathroom. There's like a bathroom in the, in the office suite. Leaves the door open while he's peeing. And is calling over. Sort of like, guys, you know, anyhow, we were there. Right. Sits in a chair opposite us. And I got, uh, you can't see this, but. It says he's acting it out. Go ahead. He slowly, as he's talking over the next hour, starts sliding, sl- his body's sliding down. And so by the end, he's literally like this. So he's literally on the ground. On the ground with okay. his back against the back. That was his back a great interpretive Thank you so uh, acting much. moment. Well, let them, that's what yeah. radio's all about. Exactly. Use your imagination. So he just kind of slid off the chair. Yeah, slid off the chair. And we, we got out of there. And we, were like, we were just It was a lot of nodding and like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. We didn't know what he said. And, and uh, yeah. And so what came of it? Did well, it- here's what came of it. You know, here they, they wanted 
Eddie Murphy to make to star in movies for the rest of his right. life. And what he wanted, he said, I want you to write a modern-day Robin Hood story. So we wrote uh, this thing set in Washington, D.C. Right. With Murphy as a character called Blue Christmas, and we turned it, we turned it into just the, the treatment. Uh, and he said, oh, no, no, guys, I, I want it to be about teenagers robbing banks, and I want to direct this movie, so I, I don't want to be in it. So we're like, okay, so all right. So we re-jiggered everything. And they're paying you. Yeah, they're paying us. Right. Yeah. Rejiggered it, wrote it. And Paramount killed it because the last thing they wanted to do was have him go direct a movie that he's not going to be in. Right. Ridiculous. He's the Golden Goose. Right. He, just made, he was in the process of making The Golden Child. In right. Fact. Uh, so nothing happened. And, then, and over the years, I, I, I'd, I'd occasionally run into him or Peter would run into him and he'd say, guys, I, I still want, I love that script. I still want to make it. And like, yeah. But like everything else, the, the, every, every screenwriter in Hollywood has a closet full of Unproduced things that stuff. almost happened. Mm-hmm. Did you spend much time with Murphy? Did you get no. to meet him? Oh yeah, we did get yeah. to meet him. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Very quiet, very, very nice, very, very quiet, sweet guy. I remember there was one, one time we were meeting, and the door opened, and this woman wandered in. Looking, I mean, she looked like she didn't know where she was. She was like, and he goes, "Mom, I'm having a meeting in here." Right. And she's like, "Oh, sorry." And she's, "That's great." Eddie Murphy's mom hanging out. Eventually, his bodyguard became his head of crea- his creative head of production, Fruity. So we would have move, we had a meeting or two with Fruity. We you have discuss- to get past Fruity. We were discussing the script with Fruity. I said, yeah. I wanted to say like, forget. Uh, tell me how do I defend myself against the mugger? That's what yeah. I, you have more information for me than I have for you. But, exactly. Yeah. What if his last name was Pebbles? That would have been good. That, I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody called him that. Yes. So now talk about the Zucker path because that was another. And the Zucker path, path was they had a deal at Disney and that, for their deal at Disney. And it's, that, there's brothers, right? It was uh, David and Jim, and then I mean David and uh, no, it's Jim Abrahams, David Zucker, and uh, Fruity Zucker. And, and what's the, what's the, with David's brother who directed Ghost? Uh, Jerry and Jerry, Jerry. Jerry okay. right? They had a deal at Disney, and during that deal, they made uh, Ruthless People, and they actually had. We sat down and sort of did like 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 a went through it and and threw a few lines in, and some one of them ended up in the movie. And in I the remember, movie Ruthless People, yes. And I remember. I like that movie a lot. I, it was. It was. Uh, I've I, been marked down. Yes, That's the line I, I remember. I'm being, I'm being kidnapped, kidnapped by, by Kmart. Kmart right. Yeah. I remember I went to the set and I sat next to this dowdy girl in a chair, or whatever, and and I, I didn't even talk to her. But I wasn't, I, I didn't, I, I didn't think to talk to her. Right. And then somebody came and said, "This is Miss Midler. We're ready for the shot." I'm like, oh my gosh! Oh shit! It was Ben. Wow! Can I wow! Say, can I say? You could totally on? say okay, shit. All right. Oh, um, let's up the ante. Fuck! Now, did you ever? <laughs> were you ever able to thank the neighbor that took the script to Eddie Murphy? Interesting story. We could not find her. She moved to Europe, so for many years there was no. We, we just don't know what happened to her. And then, because it kind of really kickstarted everything, it, didn't it? It's it, so. It, it was sort of a two. It was two prongs. It was her, and then my sister here on the West Coast with the Zucker. Both of those random. Can you pass my script along? Paid off. Right. Which could, which once again could never happen to yeah, date. Because no amazing. person would read something unless you sign yeah. some sort of waiver of right. responsibility or whatever. Yeah, and, and um, they have to go through reps, and there's a whole. There's a lot more gatekeepers. Yeah. But she did. But. Peter did hear from her years later, just before we started writing Dumb and Dumber 2, he heard from her, and she was, uh, yeah, he had heard from her, yeah. Uh, finally, yeah, and thanked her for us, because she really did, she really, it's so random and amazing. That's so crazy. Yeah, and even, 
Eddie Murphy went on David Letterman and talked about the story. He said, like, the, the, the neighbor handed me a script, you know. And then we, we were trying to turn that. We thought, oh, let's, maybe we can get on Letterman as the guy. That, yeah. No, nah, we couldn't. You, know, you we always couldn't, have to think of that. Couldn't turn did, did it ever come close to getting made throughout the years, that movie? Because I would like to see that movie. Dusted Us? Yeah, it yeah, sounds funny. Yeah, no. And we've cribbed, lo- we've cribbed jokes from it. And put and, it and tomorrow. Things, yeah, and so... Uh, yeah, it doesn't, and and also movie scripts, even scripts that were funny, they yeah. do age, you Taste know, and change. comedy ages too in yeah. some respects. You know, like 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 I thought that I really thought that Dumb and Dumber Two was we had we had it was the same thing just done twenty you know nineteen yeah. years later. But a lot of people who loved Dumb and Dumber hated it, and were very specific about why they hated it, and they're like. Wait a minute. We kind of know the characters. Like they, they were ex- like, and that, that's just what happens. You know, they wanted the same thing, but they didn't want the same thing. They wanted the same thing, but but I think when they saw the same thing, they recognized that maybe it, I don't know why they didn't like it. I have a yeah. feeling that and hope that like, with time they'll come back to it and and, and, and look at it yeah. and they'll appreciate it because uh, it was done with such love and yeah. you know it's it's like the the whole La La Land. Where I, I don't think they sat there and said we're going to make a a, a a movie that's that's going to be all white people and I'm like no you know all the criticism that's lobbied against La La Land they they just were enthusiastic about musicals they want to make a movie and they made this I know. wonderful movie I, a good my my friends Dave and Alonzo have the Linoleum Knife podcast yes. and they were yes. having this debate yeah and and Dave was sort of coming from the place like they should have been aware. And I'm like, this movie wasn't the big movie. This was a movie yeah. that was an underdog story that nobody ever wanted to make. And in yeah. other words, they weren't coming from this uh, place of like we're the the movie of the year. From and we the, should have known better. We're like, we're trying to make something that nobody wants to make, and we're going to see if we can. They'll even let us. It's interesting to hear because I know Dave. I know Dave knows this because yeah. I know I know the guys. Yeah. And that. They're not thinking that when they're not thinking that when they're creating a movie. Right. Nobody's taking into account this is going to be a success, and then people are going to think this and that about it. You yeah, cannot, and this is what it's. This is what the think pieces are all going to yeah, be about. You can't be that force, foreseeing if that's an actual. Word. I think you have just <laughs> too many yeah. other things to deal with. Just um, make, concentrate on the movie, and that, and so that's what it drives me. That's the people, but that's that's. When it's out there, when it's when it when yeah. it goes through the door out of the factory, yeah. it, it's done. I mean, you don't yeah. have any. It, it's that people can do and say and think whatever they want yeah. about it, and they have a right to. I mean, it's a problem. yeah, and it means you know? that it connected on some level, like it, it, it yes. touched some nerve and it, yeah. it, it, it exists and it means something. But there are so many horrible movies during the. I, this is what I said this last year. I say it every year, actually. I say, I don't like the Academy Awards, and the reason I don't is don't, don't get me started. That, right. That's, that'd be the name. If right. I had a podcast, right. and it's it's so hard to make a movie, and then it's really hard to make a good one. And any good movie should be celebrated rather yeah. than than organized, right. categorized. I don't know how something can be the best picture, but not win the best screenplay, or I mean, like it doesn't make sense to me. So, and, and the Academy Awards were created to first of all, it was very just a self congratulatory. Let's all get together and have some chicken yeah. cordon bleu once right. a year. But then it became a way to wring more box office yeah. out of movies that have been released already. It's a big commercial. It's a big commercial. Yeah. You know, so to take it so seriously that, you're, that people are ready to go to war over yeah. whether Moonlight should have won or oh. when they're both... To, to me, they were both they wonderful were, movies. They were both my favorites of the year. So yeah. It was, uh, I got to see them both win the Oscar. 
Yeah. Only. <laughs> well, right. Get to keep it. Um, <laughs> That's so you character. you met Peter in, in yeah. college. When did you first work with the brothers together, Bobby and Peter? Well, Bobby was going to uh, business school at Brown, and he was very funny too. And we would, uh, at a certain point, we would say, hey, Bobby, read our script and, and just, you know, throw some funny lines in, you know. And uh, he always did. They were always funny. And at one point, Peter came to me. We were writing uh, Dragnet 2. There was going to be, a, there was gonna be yeah. a sequel to Dragnet, Dragnet for Universal. And uh, we said, and he said, can Bobby join the group? And, and I was like, he's always contributed. He's always been productive. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so from that point on, yeah. And uh, and it's really weird. Like, my memory of us working together, but uh, the, we'll probably get into this. It right. has a lot to do with uh, other other things going on in my life at the time. My memory is that I would sit at the computer. They'd be next to me. I was always the typist. And I don't... I, somehow, like, like, we weren't... Nobody was saying specifically... It was a hive mind. So what I put down, unless they objected to it, it was some, somehow, I don't know how, but I, I put down something that represented all of us thinking together. Right. It's kind of odd. It's a weird way to work. But Whereas the way I write with my writing partner now, we'll, I'll do my part of it. He'll do his part of it. We'll right. trade them off and trade them off and then blend it. And you know, It's a different process. It's a completely different process. Who's your writing partner now? His name is James Johnston, but there's another James Johnston, so he has to go by James Robert Johnston. There you go. That's very sophisticated. Very, and not that he wants to. But are you are you still focused on comedy? Is that kind of your your? We're uh, focused on uh, how can I say this? Uh, uh, Not crashly, a paycheck. So basically, you're on the right podcast. Basically, (laughs) we wherever and and you'll get a call from a Chinese company that wants to adapt something and you go and you spend a lot... And, yeah. you, and every every time you get a call, every time someone wants you to come into their office, every time you sit down, that could be weeks of work that end in a zero, you know, right. that you're kind of just trying to get the job. Right, right, right. Or Jumping trying through to help, hoops yeah, and Trying to help them get the and, yeah. job. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's why... The life of a writer, I, it, let me tell you, I when I meet someone who says I want to be a writer, my, I, my first comment is... If I'm, if I could do anything productive today, it's convince you to do something else. Because, first of all, if and you're one of the sunniest people I know. You're always smiling and <laughs> well, friendly, and, and, and I say at that, the Writers Guild events, you very much like these are my people. This is my thing. Yeah, but because if that doesn't discourage them, if if when I tell them how hard it is, yeah. that doesn't discourage them, then they're in the running. If hearing that. Is enough to make them go, mm, then, then good. But let, let them peel off. Let them be left behind by the pack, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, I, 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 because it's like lawyers and doctors. How many more do we need, really? Did you ever think about <laughs> just packing it in and doing something else? Yes. Yeah. Do you know what you would do? I don't know what I did. For a little bit yeah. of time, what I did was uh, a side business of uh film advertising so i'd write like trailer copy yeah yeah yeah. things like that uh which i love but it's still writing i thought that was fun but it was less having to deal with uh, having to deal with the awfulness of executives and notes and and it's less of that in the a lot less yeah yeah yeah. a lot like like, like, almost like it felt like they were deferring to me a lot of the time yeah i just had a promo writing gig yeah that was delicious yeah you know the it, difference. Yeah. Yes. It was like, yeah. I kept waiting for, the, they liked the work and the, the the money was reasonable. And I was yeah. like, I just kept waiting for something to go south. It was a little bit too good to be true on how it went. 
Yeah, now it's done. I, so. I am. I tend to always think that that not just the shoe, but like the the cargo crate of sneakers <laughs> is right. going to drop. And, and I in 2015, I, I won't be specific about this, yes. but we worked on a project that was the worst. One of the worst things I've one of the worst experiences because the the people involved were so difficult and so challenging and they have they have a uh, I got to be very vague but but it was a it came out I mean it yeah. was a directed DVD movie and I just I thought if this is what I have to do to keep writing in 2015 it's not worth it to me I, I'm so over having this kind of stress because it's not it's just after a career, should I have to put up with this? You know, and right. it wasn't. It was less about ego and more about if this is the reality of what it's like to work today. Yeah. But the life is too short. The life like. is too short. However, just this year, something. So I was thinking about retirement. Like how can I retire early? And how you know? And then this year we worked on something that was so delightful and wonderful, and it, it just cured everything that was awful about the other experience. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was wonderful. Can you yeah. say anything more about it? I can, but I can be, I'll have to be vague because... Be vague, do uh, you think? It is a reboot from Warner Brothers of a very beloved uh, um, series of, of comedy movies, and uh, hopefully we'll be hearing like more about it. I, I think what's happening is that they're just... Getting all the details down, and then, you know, and and they they will. We did write two parts for two people who are very well connect, who are the memorable people in these in this series of uh, comedy films. So they're the char- characters we've already seen. Yes. Would they be and played by the same actors? Yes, these two actors would come back for their roles, wow. and then they want some young, you know, bucks for sure. for the other, so that they can sort of, if it, if it goes well, it can make a few more. What made so, it such a good experience? Ah, uh, well, the director, and again, I, I hate to be vague, but sure, no, I get I'd it. worked with the director before, over the oh, several times over the course of my life, and he's a wonderful guy. Also, he loves, he comes from television, and he loves a writer's room. Yeah. So he had other writers, so all, there were five of us all together, and it was a writer's room, and it was so much fun. They were such funny, smart, just great guys, and to go every day and hang out with them, we would laugh and laugh, and then you're working on a comedy. So and where would you get lunch from? Where would lunch come from? Well, we were at the studio. We were at Warner Brothers for like two weeks of the... It was about eight weeks. And then right. we were at the director's house in um, Calabasas. Right. So, so his wife makes del- his wife would make food, or we'd order food. Yeah. The producer of the series, who's in his 80s, is... This what I, I When I first heard the producer's going to sit in with us, I'm like, oh my God. The producer, yeah. He's going to object to everything. He turned out to be one of the most incredible people I've ever met. He, he all his anecdotes were incredibly fun and funny. He he right. was so smart. He told them well. And then his he he was he had tears in his eyes on the last day. He said, "I I've never I've never sat in before. This project is I, we've been trying to get this project going. There was a, a failed attempt to do it a couple years ago with some two big act two big comedy stars." And he said, "This." Is the movie I wanted to make it, and you guys helped me make it, and he was thrilled. And, and it, it was that there was a lot of love. There's yeah. a lot of love in the world. What's so What's interesting though is you can never tell from the beginning which one's going to be like that one and which one's going to be like the 2015 one. Or maybe you can. I, I honestly, you know, it's I, James and I had worked on a uh, 
very we, we were on a show called Unhitched on Fox. This right. was on the, the, the strike hit like halfway through the show, so we got so right. the show closed down, and then they only did like four episodes. And that writers' room was they were incredible people. They were all really funny. They'd all come from from different shows, and the chemistry of it was good, but. It, I, it wasn't this experience. It, it yeah. was, maybe because we learned so much from that. We learned how to conduct ourselves in the room and not be afraid and, and things like that. Also, maybe because I'd had so much experience with this director and I felt just already a warmth. But yeah. uh, but but it, it, it was a good meshing because you hear you hear writer room oh, yeah. nightmares for sure. This was a wonderful meshing of people. That was too. Yeah. But uh, on, on Unhitched, they were really wonderful people. They treated. They were so nice. To, if anything, we were. We felt like we could have produced more. Yeah, you know, we felt like uh, it was our failing, you know, less than, than anybody else's. So, um, yeah. Well, uh, um, Dumb and Dumber Two. How long did it take you guys to make that happen? Was it always being talked about, or oh no, were the stars not interested? How did it come back oh, no, when no, it no. came back? It, first of all, they were going to do another one, right? Pretty soon after the first one, because it was a, it was a, it was a big it was a hit. big hit. And the reason it was a, such a big hit was. It cost nothing to make. You know, when when we had... Jim Carrey had done The Mask. Right. And uh, it hadn't come out yet. And his price was like $700,000. And we said... When he said, I'm, I'm interested in, in doing this, we told New Line, we said, get, get him now. Get him now. Right. And they said, let's wait and see how The Mask opens. It cost them $7 million to get him. So so, so they paid They paid like... Ten, ten times, times more. They wow. Right. Uh, but that movie cost uh, it's like less than fifteen million dollars. Yeah. Like aside from the seven million, it yeah. cost nothing to make nothing, and then it made I think it made two hundred eighty something million total, which is, and that's all profit because it costs so little. Yeah. Um, so they, if my if any accountants are listening, right, <laughs> those numbers might be a little vague and right. fudged. Uh, they wanted to do another one right away. And uh, I cannot remember what happened, but I think New Line, New Line might have balked at wanting to pay them the, the amount. So they said, well, we were thinking maybe doing a prequel right? where they're in high school. And they, asked, they said, you guys want to do that? We said, that doesn't make sense. I mean, they're adults who act like kids. They're not kids who act like kids. It's right, only right, funny right. when they're like adults who act like high school students. Right. Thing. So we said no. And then I think they went to uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, right? Who took up the mantle, and they started working on it. And then they decided that they couldn't do it, and they literally, uh, to my shock, and because uh, this is a very wonderful, they said we got we can't do this, and they gave them money back. They, they could have kept it. They gave the money back. That's what kind of guys they are. That's cool. Yeah. So it languished until finally. Uh, at New Line, somebody brought it up again, and then one of the guys who was the co-head of, of New Line, I, I'm sorry, I forgot his no name. No worries. Uh, decided he was going to take a stab at it, and he wrote it, and, and, and that's when it got sort of... That was the what, the That was the uh, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was that like when it was out there? How did it feel? You see the posters and stuff. I was like, I wish that I, I'd had some creative involvement in it, yeah. you know, because I didn't know... I, 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 I don't remember at what point I read a script. I think I read a script afterwards. Yeah. It? 
when I went to see it, or maybe I read one just before it came out. But it just felt like, okay, you know what? It's just it feels like a child of yours who, who's you know maybe gets involved with drugs and you don't know what to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what can you do? Exactly. I mean, you, you got to let them do their you know thing. What? Maybe they'll come back. You, yeah, exactly. Right. You can't change them. It's not in your. You can. Yeah. No. That that's you've got to do that. That philosophy I employ a lot. You let them do just go. What was it like to get back together with the original team and make Dumb and Dumber Two? Which I love that it's called To. Yes, it, it was. It was a blast. It was fantastic. It was like. Did I, it like, feel like a long time had passed, or not that long, or? Uh, it felt like a long time had passed in the sense that. When we sat down and said, let's talk, like we watched, we all watched the movie together yeah. again. We said, oh God, that's actually funny. <laughs> Should I sit up close? No, you're good. Uh, but we were all, I mean, we've known each other for years and, and we've kept in touch and everything. So, so that part wasn't, that was not a problem, you know, or, or that wasn't a, a, an issue yeah. of like getting back into a rhythm or anything. It was thrilling to sit down and talk and chat and there, uh, it took a while for the script to get written and for it to happen because all sorts of complications happened. But when we were uh, the actual process of writing it was wonderful. You know, Peter likes to write while driving. He likes to drive across the country. Okay, because, because he thinks that your your mind is you're more creative because you're sort of forced to. There's not a lot of distraction aside from what you're looking at. So we got in a car and we drove to Montana. Like I said, uh, this I got so excited. He said, "I have access. I've got I've got access to like there's the, one friend has a place in uh, on Maui. I'm like I'm going to Maui to write this movie. Yeah, and right. Then, and then he calls me. This is January of 2012. He goes, "We're going to Montana." <laughs> I said, "Big Sky Country in the what? winter. We're going. We're driving in the winter." So I sat in the in the passenger seat with a, a, a pillow on my lap to keep the the. Um, the laptop from getting too hot, and I would type. Well, and, and let me tell you, you get terrible motion sickness. I can't imagine when you're looking at a screen and things are whizzing past your periphery. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and there's a printer in the back seat. There was no printer in the back seat, but we did have a. Th- was it just the two of you? Here's what happened. The, first of all, I gotta figure out how to tell this story. That's okay. Uh, so. What we thought we would do, what they thought they would do is that Jim Carrey had just done this Mr. Popper's Penguins, and he really liked the guys who wrote that script. Right. And it was supposed to be a very good script. And so we thought, let's let those guys write a first draft, and then Peter and Bobby and I would sit down and rewrite it, and then we'd all agree to share credit, like like five guys sharing credit. Right. So they wrote their first draft, and we read it, and it wasn't... Uh, it, it just wasn't quite what we wanted or expected it to be. So we pretty much had to start from scratch. Uh, and at that point, we also uh, brought in another writer, a friend of theirs, uh, and he he was also uh, worked with us on it. Um, so so we, but everybody got credit. That was yeah. a nice thing. I mean, it wasn't we all agreed? It's not. It's never about the. It's never about fighting for that you know there's, it's yeah. always very gracious and, and so so everybody got credit and that's fine and uh but it really uh, it was quite a different script the one yeah. that got made was what uh, yeah were you on the set i was on the set yeah what was that like it was a blast it was a really fun set i, I it was the energy was fantastic the people were fantastic the, the crew was great everyone was having a lot of fun i'm in the, i'm actually 
I have three cam. I did not have a, a cameo in anything. I've only had. I've been in two of their other movies, right. just like like a cameo, and uh, and in this they kept throwing me in. They say Barney. They call me Barney because they we would before we write we'd always watch one or two episodes of the Andy Griffith Show. It's their favorite show. And they have just, a lot of weird rituals. Yes, yeah, yes, they do. Uh, but they love the Andy Griffith Show. And they just think that in a car we would watch Andy Griffith no, Show yes, in a car. We didn't do that in the car. Well, maybe <laughs> we talk about it. We talk about the one with the uh, Mister. Peasley or whatever. What was the name of the one with the... Okay, anyhow. So, they kept saying, Barney, get in there. Just go in the scene. And finally, I think the crew, after the third scene that I'm in, the crew said, come on, you can't keep putting with the audience is going to realize it's so the same So you're popping guy. up in different scenes? I am in three scenes, yes. Wow, and when you watch the movie, are you visible? Yes. That's so <laughs> fun. I am, yeah. It's sort of fun. It, it makes up for... Why do they love the Andy Griffith show so much? Well, it's a great. It is a great show. And, yeah. and when we were writing in the '80s, I didn't. I didn't like it. It was too sedate. Corn it was pone. too cornpone, too country. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm this. You know, it's just you're sophisticated, I'm an urban, Orthodox yes. Jew. So I would go take a nap. It was my half an hour to take a nap. So I remember I would go upstairs and I would go to sleep hearing, right. And then I wake that was up. Your cue. Thank. I wake up hearing like. Because the end yeah. credits, like, Bennett, wake up! I'm like, yeah. oh, i got to go back down to... Yeah. But once I started watching it, and we went through all of them, we saw yeah. every episode, it's a really good, it's a, it's a brilliantly written show. Brilliant. And why did, why did they call you Barney? Why were you because Barney? Because they, they, I guess that Don Knotts, they somehow connected me with Don Knotts. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. Um, what's the most fun you ever had on a set? I don't. I normally don't like being on sets because I right. feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not in the way, but it's just it's boring. It tends yeah. to be boring. Right? But the most fun I've ever had on a set. I don't know. I, I'll say this. I'll say that the first shot. Well, first of all, um, Jeff Daniels had won the Emmy for uh, Newsroom. Newsroom. Yeah. And then the next day was his first day shooting, and, and I remember he plopped down in the seat next to me, and he said, "He went." I just won an Emmy. <laughs> Let's do this. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and so seeing them do their first take together. It's, it's yeah. the shot where they get off the bus uh, and, and they're walking back to their place was... I had chills. We all had chills because it was just... It was the first time they were yeah. together again doing this, doing these characters 20 years later, 19 years later. That was fantastic. That was thrilling. It was really fantastic. Are there moments, you know, when you write a movie that is so loved and catches on, are there moments where you see it echoed or you hear people quote from it or you hear people talk about it? Like, what are those moments like? And, and what are the sort of recurring themes? Uh, this movie has somehow infiltrated the zeitgeist. Right. And it's, all I can say is this, because it was made with a great affection and because it was made... In a total, just to be funny, and there's no dark. We're, we're not like trying. There aren't dark satanic underpinnings, thematic right. underpinnings in it. It's it's totally fine. Thank, great. That's wonderful. But it scares me to think how easily something that like we're benevolent people. But if someone was not benevolent, if they were like like a creepy, but like or had or had darker, and I'm not a paranoid person. I my dog that. and my cat are attacking each you other. You have to see this. Enzo. The dog is biting the cat's ear. <laughs> Enzo, let it go. 
Let uh, it go. Let it go. Oh. They, she she could always run away and she doesn't. Or it's, it's a he, Nelson. Well, well that's anyway. probably because you call him she. I know, exactly. He's, exactly. That's why he has so little self-esteem that he's... That he's literally <laughs> letting, letting himself the dog, be eaten yes, by a dog. Yeah. Um, I'm amazed. Like, when I... I think it really hits me when I see it politically. Like, like I, I remember... Dumb, I, think, I think Clinton said dumb and dumber. And, yeah. and it's always used... As in politics, when there's two people uh, during an election, sometimes uh, yeah, that just blows my mind. You know, it, it, it's it's amazing. And, and, but the point is, we it's easy for something to become right. like loved and, and sort of taken up by a nation. And thank goodness this was something positive and yeah. sweet and light. And you know, because well, God, what I like about that movie and a lot of the other movies that you think of as Fairly Brothers. Is they're outrageous and they're funny, but there's always the sweetness to them. Yeah, so it's just them. That's yeah, the, that's the guys too. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And when they started doing things on their own, and you went off on your thing, did you yeah. were you always close and stayed friends? And yes, how did that work? Yeah, we did. I did. Um, the reason why and this is this is worth talking about. The reason why I why I left the partnership was my choice, and that was because I was. Very screwed up on drugs. Very screwed up. And I met someone and then just followed this person off into a different path and, and left the partnership. I mean, like, like foolishly left the partnership. So the person you met was somebody in your personal life, not a creative yes. partnership. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> this could not have been yeah. anything uh, more destructive. So it was, a re- it was romantic relationship. It was romantic and... I had not really had that before because I was so late in coming out. I was late in coming out. You know, I, again, Orthodox Jewish. I just uh, uh, everything was postponed. Right. What, what normally would would have occurred in, a, in maybe a normal child's adolescence was way postponed. You know. Right. Uh, so I was experiencing a lot of things for the first time. Sort of, and this guy, this guy was truly a nutty guy. But I was like, I felt like. Uh, I felt like he was the guy on the motorcycle and the, wearing the, right. le- the leather, and I was just the well, good, the little. There they go. There they go. Uh, the uh, the good person who was. It was my chance to have a right. bad boy. Yeah, you were gonna. Yeah, you're yeah. a bad boy. You're gonna bust out. And he was a bad boy. And and that, and that I mean, by my own silly, awful life choices or, or not smartest life choices, I made a lot of bad ones and left that partnership and and. Uh, but then ultimately got better and, and uh, you know, recovered and things. How long would you say that whole journey was from your sort of? Um, I, well, I left. At, I remember we. I left in like ninety three. At the end of ninety two, I left them in ninety three, and then went off. It was disastrous, and then came back like in Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber was written, and it was sent to after after New Line had it. Uh, oh wait, no. I'm, I'm this totally poor, gonna... come here, Enzo. Leave, leave Nelson alone. I mean, it's I'm like glad you remember the name of your cat. <laughs> it's like they're doing a show for us. They, they are, and you're talking about an intense thing. Yeah. Well, it adds a little whimsy to. The, I guess the, so. I'm sorry. Um, no, the uh, new Dumb and Dumber was. We didn't write it for New Line. Right. We wrote it for another producer, who I guess. I hate to be vague about this. We wrote it for a very famous writer-producer who's right. no longer alive. He told us... And, and then when Albert he, Hitchcock. Very, very close. <laughs> because he had a deal at Universal. Right. And he, we wrote this for him when he had his deal at Universal. And 
And he said, if you write this and I like it, I'll let you guys direct it, which is why I put that idea in our heads. Wow. And then we wrote it and he said, I love this, but his deal ended at Universal and he went to Fox. And what happens when that is typically all the projects fall into a cravat. Nothing no. goes, gets taken because nobody wants to they, make they a movie. It has a stink of the other people right, on right. it. So a, a few year, a couple of years later, we went back to him and we said, Mr. Very Famous, very famous writer, director of comedies, um, can we uh, take Dumb and Dumber around? He said, you can, just don't use my name to set it up. Don't say, you know. And that's where, so it, during the time when I had left, we were taking Dumb and Dumber around, trying to set it up, maybe, and, and trying to set it up with Peter directing it, which, which is the crazy thing. Because Peter right. hadn't directed a, a thing. Right. Peter hadn't, I mean, hadn't directed a puppet show, you know. And so, um, New Line, a company called the Motion Picture Corporation, a little company in Santa Monica, said, we'll make this. You know, and once they were interested, then New Line kind of got interested too, and then once Jim Carrey came aboard. So all that was happening while I was following this crazy person. So you were living your wild life. I was living the wild life, and then Peter said, look, it looks like Dumb and Dumber's going to happen, uh, so come back. So I came back to L.A., and, and then, yeah. Wow, so when you came life. back, what kind of shape were you in? Terrible, terrible shape. Terrible shape. And in fact... So when Dumb and Dumber was happening, when yes. it was getting shot and made yes. and all of this stuff, you so were... I'm still in terrible shape. I mean, wow. I, yeah. And, and I sort of stayed away. I went, uh, we shot a lot of it, and we shot on sound stages in Salt Lake City, uh, on the uh, Donnie and Marie sound stages. I hear that the hallways That's have a, amazing pictures. Oh, it was Utah, not, not Salt yeah. Lake City, yeah. yeah. Uh, or Provo. Uh, Provo, yeah. I wouldn't remember because... It's all kind of vague. Were you super fucked up in the Donnie Marie studio? I was super fucked up. In the, I, I don't think, honestly, <laughs> I don't if mean, there has been a I don't super, mean to laugh. Oh, no. But I love the idea of like you being that guy it makes, there. If there had been a meter that that you had to pass through, like uh, I, I would, it would have been off the chart. They, they would have said, "How? What are you? How are you still alive?" Yeah, I yeah, was. yeah, I was. But I, I, I wouldn't say I was. I, I wasn't while I was on set right. ever high, but I was hungover certainly. From, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so I I didn't because of my paranoia. I didn't take a very active role in like like while it was in production. I right. Mean, you would be yeah. totally different now if you oh, had that experience. That, that's part of the when you when you recover from these things. Right. You have all these different ways that you recover. And all these different, perhaps, steps that you might yeah, take. Yeah, exactly. And one of them is that you make amends. Right. They say you make an amends. And, sure. And what, my amends to, to them was, because I did sit down and talk to them, uh, you know, anything I ever can, in the future, anything I can do, I will always do for you when you need me. And so when this came up again, how many times in your life do you have a do-over? Do you actually right. get that opportunity? I said, I can't believe I have this chance to do this and do it properly and do it responsibly and be present and for be it? present for it and i said i'm going to be there for every single moment that i can and i did and that's what made the experience of making it regardless of the the product that came out of it the experience of making it and knowing that i was able to reverse what all the it wasn't a lot but just be there be there yeah, and you be got another chance great. you got a do-over it was beautiful it that's doesn't happen fantastic. often that, that's the best that to me that's the takeaway of the experiences, no matter what, it was. It, I got to do it over and do it right and feel good about yeah. doing it. Yeah, it, it seems really nice. like the way you talk. It seems like Bobby and Peter were really kind of there for you or understanding. They're one, yeah, or, they're, they're to, yeah, wonderful. Totally, they're they're, they're good. What brought friends. you out of it? 
You what, mean what? Uh, well, your, what brought you out of your your? Uh, you know, it sounds like you got you got sober. And, and uh, yeah, uh, I did. Um, you, I reached a point where it was like I reached a point where my I I progressed on the fumes of denial that for many many years, and I think that I I very my lizard brain did something very smart in its desperation. It made me think that well. I'll be rescued. I'll be rescued by the people who love and care for me. So I don't have to do anything except just hang out. I can just passively hang out and keep doing what I'm doing, and then they'll rescue There's me. There's a safety net there somehow. Totally, and and, and they'll let me know. You know yeah. They'll let me, they'll let me know if they'll get it. Right. To I'll hand. keep a bag packed in in the back of the car yeah. so that when I come walk in and there's a, I'll know, keep an eye out for that like, guy from intervention. Yeah, don't worry. Let's go. I'm, yeah. I'm packed. <laughs> and there was a moment I realized where uh, that wasn't going to happen. Wow. That wasn't going to happen. I went, oh, well, they weren't. Wow. Yeah, it's not that they didn't care, but they just weren't. And they didn't they see have, because. Yeah. I, I was keeping a distance from yeah. them too. I mean, I, I had all sorts of clever ways of of hiding it, and then just keeping a distance so they couldn't see, you know. And that was the moment. And and, uh, and then everything changed. I mean, from that moment, things just. I love. I, I I'm very happy. I'm a happy person now. And you I'm always ha- seem happy when I see you. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear this story. I didn't. Oh, know this. It, was, it was. They were dark, Dennis. They were dark days. How they long were. was that period? Uh, well, I think probably like from maybe. 89 to... Uh, off and on, there was a little period where I stopped. I was in a relationship, too. To uh, uh, to 2002. Wow. Yeah. Since 2002, I haven't... Uh, Congra- that's a big deal. Well, it's a great... It's it's a better life. It really is. I, I'm, I'm the... Ha- I, I, I love living this way. I do. I kind of have, I have tools to live that make me happy. I have enormous stretches of serenity. I really, really do. That's fantastic. What surprised you about getting sober? What was different about it than you thought it might be? What was different about it? Well, I I, I remember I was just so blurry headed about the whole thing. And, and and just I just thought okay just just don't talk shut up just sit there and listen and don't like just surrender I, I pretty much had surrendered at that point so uh, and everything you you go and and they have these framed little things that on the wall yeah. these cute little expressions I say oh that is so freaking corny yeah and then I remember that slowly. They started to make sense to me. Right. And I say, oh, this is, oh, okay, all right. There's just a kind of simple wisdom to it. I think yeah. that the the wisdom of it, the, the very simple wisdom of it is what surprised me of it. And because it's so simple, it's so simple. Yeah, the, the, it, those corny things are true and it, actually They help. are. And it's a simple program, and all we have to do is just not, screw, not fuck it up. Yeah. Really. Kind of like life, I guess, but yeah. Was yeah. your, when you were uh, still in that period, was it tied to the Hollywood thing or were you kind of doing your own thing in a different... I was still, I was working the whole yeah. time with other, with other writing partners. Yeah. Um, I was. And I, and I would sadly, for the like a thousand percent effort I'd put in, there'd be a trickle of seven percent output, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like... It was it was tough. It was you know I'd be up all weekend. I'd come in on Mondays yeah. and, and work, and then we'd have lunch, and I'd, I'd fall asleep. But yeah. like my poor partner, who, who I adore, 
I, I've been very lucky. Have you had the same partner? This is, this is a different partner now okay. than, than Peter and Bobby. This is yeah. Mark Stylin, who, who I work with, wrote with after Peter and Bobby. Nice. Uh, all my partners have been incredibly wonderful people. I don't like writing alone. Yeah. I never liked writing alone. Uh, I'm pretty sure William Goldman said that it's the loneliest yeah. profession in the world to go into a room and close the door and sit down all by yourself. And, and it's... You write with a partner or partners, and you're it's you're laughing all day. Yeah. It's like a it's a writer's room. Yeah, you're laughing and laughing, and you get the work done. But it's just hanging out, which which is a lot less lonely and it's a lot more fun. Yeah, you know? I, I love it. I love to do it that way. What yeah. happened to the bad boy? I have no. Here here are the two most probable options. It, it has to be one of these two. He's either incarcerated or underground. Yeah, I mean, he's either dead or he's incarcerated. He was that sort of, uh, and in fact, I didn't even, I the name I have for him because he gave me, I knew him under a fake name the entire time we were together. Oh my god! And when I finally got his real name, his real name is so bland that yeah. I can't possibly find out where he is. And yeah, I, in I, other words, he's, there's too many of them on his, Facebook. His real name is Greg Hancock, I believe. Yeah. I live on Hancock Avenue yeah. now, which is uh, ironically. I've lived on Hancock Avenue for like 19 years, which is so bizarre. But yeah, I don't know. Who would play him in a movie? <laughs> um, what's his name uh, who played the Joker in uh, Suicide Squad? Jared Leto. <laughs> oh yeah, with the hair. Did he have long hair? He didn't have long hair. Okay. No, but he was—he had, he, he had that sort of intensity. Yes, that kind of hippie, so. kind of little and hippie. He, and he had like like uh, those 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 blue light blue wolf eyes, yeah. which basically say "Stay the fuck away from me" because right. I am crazy. <laughs> eyes. But he didn't. All capitalized. Now, have you ever <laughs> have you ever written about that time or wanted never. to? No, I never have. No. And, yeah. I mean, I might have put some some. Moment from the experience into something, but, right. but but generally no, no. And I don't have I don't have much of an interest. In, I've written so genres. I've written right. comedy. I've written uh, family. I've written suspense. I've written thriller, uh, like horror, suspense, and thriller. Yeah, I'm all genre, you know. Uh, but drama is not something that interests me to write. Really, yeah, it really doesn't. I mean, I, I leave that to the people who who can t- who, who do, do it their well, thing. right. I, I find it interesting that you're associated with a really irreverent comedy world. Yes. What's it like to be one of the few, or like the gay guy in the room? You know, because yeah. there was a lot, of, a lot of those movies, not necessarily their movies, but wacky comedies, yeah. sometimes there's that gay panic device right. or right. whatever. Yeah. What's it like to be there? It's funny, I, I, don't encou- I haven't really encountered very much, and, and even in this in this last project that was so much fun this reboot yeah they were originally going to do a transgendered character right and and, and James and I came in and said I don't know where the comedy is going to come from this so let's right. not do that and we convinced them not to do it you know and I didn't feel I mean I, I felt like I wasn't going to feel comfortable making fun of that character right uh, but then they, they were so cool about it they were like yeah you're probably right that's, that's true you know well it's interesting um, especially with that movement like there was that show, The Comedians, and yes, yeah. and it had in that earlier episodes they had stuff around it that a, by the time it came out, yeah, it wasn't landing. You know what I mean? It was sort of it's on hard. PC it's, or whatever. It's hard, and, 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 and for and, good reason. And PC is so hard to know what's good. Yeah, 
it's so hard to predict that. It's so hard to be proactively think again, like we said before, it's really hard. You can't think for way ahead. Yeah. All you can think of is for the now and and events will, but I do think of that thing of like, I I noticed this when I worked on fashion police, sometimes and there was some rough jokes on that show for sure. But there are some times where you go, "Mm, something you would just hit you and then like, this isn't right. Right. And And what did you do? Did you, did you, did you say something or did you not and then feel like, oh, I should have? And I'm not. I, mean, I, I don't think I ever said, no, we shouldn't do that. I don't think okay, I felt right. like I had the clout. But what I yeah. would try to do is if I felt like, uh, if I felt like all the jokes were piling on in a certain way, was to try to come at it from another way that was yeah. funnier or fresher right. or whatever and hope that they picked that joke. And, and in fact, um, that's, a, that's always a great solution. Is, is It's. It's be- it's better to have something better to yeah. offer than to just say I don't like this because or we shouldn't do this. Because yeah, and I, it wasn't I mean, a constant thing like where I was always thinking that, but I think that was kind of my thing going in. But I yeah. I did write one Kirstie Alley fat joke that made it onto the show, and it's yeah. not nice, but it's also pretty funny. <laughs> you know how that, that is. You know when you the, drop food, you right, have a five second right. rule. Yeah. she has a five week right. rule. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> That's a good joke. It's Thank a, you. And imagine yeah. John Rivers selling it. Come yes. on. Oh, please. And then yeah. don't forget Kirstie Alley did Fat Actress. So we, there we you have go. to give her that she wide margin herself. of yeah. um, inviting that. But uh, I don't think that my being gay... First of all, I, I was never like out, out, out right. in, in the rooms, uh, in a writing room anyhow. So I don't think that, you know... It was funny because there was a review. There was an article. I can't remember some magazine recently with Peter and Bobby. It was like two years ago. Are we running over? No, we're good. Uh, that said, so what's the future? If there's a future of Dumb and Dumber, what would it be? And they said, well, when we're gone, our gay our gay writing partner Ben Young will pick up the mantle and we'll find out that uh, that um, Harry and Lloyd are actually gay. You know, and I thought that was a very funny thing. But I, that was sweet of them. I know that we wouldn't actually do that, but. Uh, in fact, when we wrote Dumb and Dumber, we said we want these guys to be the kind of idiots who would say, like, suck my cock, you know, and it's right. not a gay thing. It would just, and this is way before the, that kind of bro, yeah. romancy type language where, where a straight guy would say that to another guy. We wanted it to be like that. And I remember one of the things, two things that thrilled me when Dumb and Dumber came out. One was that Polly and Kale loved it. Right. And thought that the relationship between them was like a truly genuine war. Like she thought... Right. Like, a bit of a love Oh story. my God, Polly, you got a Yeah. Because it did not get great reviews when it came out. It's, right. It only... It kind of... It was like one of those movies that that, that found its way a little yes, bit later. Yeah. And kind it of, became cultish. Yeah. Know? And the other is that... Um, Jeff Daniels got this role in this Clint Eastwood movie, Bloodwork, because he said Clint Eastwood loves Dumb and Summer. And this was when I'd heard years ago, I mean, that the Clint Eastwood of years ago loved Dumb. I said, oh my God, Clint Eastwood's going to... Because at that point, I didn't, I'd never heard any celebrity who was a fan of the movie. Right. So it, it always impressed. It blows my mind when you hear who's a fan of it. Yeah. It's very, it's very sweet. Is that, I would think that's the the thing that you've worked on where you get the most oh, residual checks. It, well, the most anything. The most I mean, everything. The most reference to it. And, and yeah. It, 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 it never ends. Yeah. And, and, and it comes in the most, in the strangest places. You know, my nephew work, works, is uh, interning at, at Cedar sinai and he says the chief doctor of his unit 
it's his favorite movie. Yeah. So, so and he, anyway, he said, he said, my uncle wrote Dumb and Dumber. The guy suddenly, the guy liked my nephew more. It, it's like, yeah, it never ends. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, it is. Did you keep any souvenirs from it? I have a, oh, sh- I have a shitload. Of, first of all, I have all the reviews. Then I have. An enormous standee that's in storage. So, yeah, I have lots of souvenirs. You have, have, like, a cardboard standee of it? A car- full of both the guys, yeah. I have hats. I have a lot of souvenirs, yes. Yeah. A lot. Because I, I collected everything. Yeah, but it's in a friggin' storage unit that costs right. me 200 and something dollars a month, which I want to get rid of. There I'll you go. Of all of that. We're all about downsizing. eBay, hello. I know. Um, you've written on a lot of things that didn't get made. Yeah. If one script could get rediscovered... And somebody's like, this is it, we're going to make it. Yeah. Which script would you pick? Uh, there's there's two. I'm going to say two. One that we wrote, which we I, we, I love the script, so did Bobby, called Mother Knows Best, uh, that we were writing, it was supposed to be like Roseanne Barr, then it was going to be like Jane Fonda and Bridget Fonda. It was about a mom who's a criminal, she gets out of prison, she joins her daughter, and then they take down this boss that... Uh, and it was a great screenplay. Uh, and then the other one is um, something I wrote with my writing partner, Mark Stylin, after Peter and Bobby, called ba- back then it was called Basket Case, uh, about a guy who wins a, a, a guy who wins a chance to take a free throw at a, at a halftime at the basketball for like a uh, half a million dollars, but you get paired with somebody else, so you both have to say, and the guy is an agoraphobic that he gets paired with. And that script... We had, that almost got made twice with Will Ferrell. He was attached and it was happening and so things fell out. And that script is just, that, people love that script. People have, Martin Lawrence attached to it because he loved it so much. So, right, so, and it feels like it still would, it feels uh, like it's, it could still work. What happened still... was a, a few weeks ago, we just took it out and said, let's just tailor it for. Was that uh, with the Ferrellies? Or no, that was your the, other writing partner? That's yeah. Taylor's for Adam Sandler because he has a deal with Netflix. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Four deals. They make a movie every three He's weeks. He's got over a Netflix, there. he still has yeah. four movies. And so we did uh, tailor it and uh, it didn't, uh, they didn't respond to it. So I'm like, okay, but I'm like, let's take, okay, then let's, let's untailor it for him and let's take it out again. Melissa McCarthy. There's, uh, there are so many actors now who could do that part yeah. besides Will Ferrell. I mean, but he always loved it. So that, that, that was the biggest regret because of all the, Complicated things that happened that kept it from because it came so made. close. Oh, it's so how do you close. roll with that? How do you roll with those disappointments? Oh gosh, well, that's that question. You could ask me that before sobriety and after sobriety. Right. Before sobriety, I would roll with it by getting fucked up. Yeah. What was your thing? Booze. <laughs> It was coke? meth. Meth. Yeah. The boogeyman, the worst of all. all. These are all real. All my, I have all you my have teeth. You have your teeth. I do. I you look fantastic. <laughs> no, honest. You can't see this on the podcast, yes. but he's no, telling the tan, truth. You, you, you I just got fresh. natural Hawaii. So yeah, there you go. Um, um, but, uh, but but now how I deal with that is I just, you just release. You're like, I can't get you. If I, if I can't control it, then I, then how much power do I want to give it? You know? Yeah. And, and it just helps to just say... Okay, right. But I do think, when I, I, I met with a young writer recently that wanted to talk about the business and all of that stuff, and yeah. I think fostering resilience in yourself, building that muscle, yes. is more important than almost anything, I Well, think. the experience, I mean, you're either going to grow from the experience, right. or you're going to uh, become a massive resentment, yeah. which, you're, or you're not going to grow. I mean, you're just going to ha- you're just going to be angry and resentful, and... And how do you want to feel? I mean, do you want, 
do you want to feel okay or you want to feel awful all the time? I used to feel so powerless about it, and, and the powerlessness would just, it, it, my stomach would just be so tight. It, the, the, more, the moment I know I can't affect it is the moment I can... I can really and you're able go. to let it go. Yes, I can. Yeah. Yeah. I can. Awesome. For the most part. What are you working on now? Do you got anything in the... the no, shopping around or... We have a... Uh, last year we wrote a spec supernatural thriller. And so that... There's, some, there's a director who's interested in doing that and a producer and they're, they're sort of scouting locations in... Is it Bulgaria or, or uh, not Bulgaria? But one of those European countries where it's very yeah. cheap to, to shoot it. Budapest, uh, Hungary. I, Budapest, really? Yes, Start with a B. If you I can go, go to Budapest, go. It's yes, fantastic. Really, I heard it. Yeah, it's sensational. It looks beautiful. I, it's fabulous. Did they I love shoot it. I Spy there? It looks beautiful. They, shoot, they yeah, shot they shoot, Spy. They shoot with Melissa McCarthy. They shoot, they shoot, I Spy, Spy, and, and uh, uh, Spy versus Spy. Yeah, is coming out. I got to go uh, there while my friend was actually working on Spy. So. Who? Tom, Tom Ford, yeah, yeah, Tom yeah, Ford, yeah. yes. I, I stayed was with this place. Saw, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that he had, I had no idea that Tom he Tom bought him. this little microphone oh, in Budapest, and I've been doing my podcast like that ever since. Tom, we're looking at your podcast microphone. Yeah. Actually, this morning, I, I sent him an email saying, in Hawaii, I saw Snatched, and there he was in the credits, and I got all excited. I sent him a text after I saw it. <laughs> I, I've seen that movie twice. Yes. I laughed my ass off both yeah. times. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the audience was laughing. Yeah. The reviews aren't good at all. Nasty. Well, you know... But did you enjoy yeah. it? I, I was I was very mixed about it. I think right. you enjoyed it more than I did. I but, just had fun. Yeah. I don't think it yeah. was... I know, love her. Yeah. I like both of them a lot. Yeah. So, so it's just nice to see them together. Yeah. You know. Uh, and also, I, I, I come from the perspective of the script had to have been good when it started. So, so whatever the result of the movie is, is... Whatever the fall off of complications in the making of it that it finally gets because no one starts a movie with a bad. I, I mean, they do, but that's usually. Well, it felt like you know, a, a script that they shot a lot of other stuff and they just cut oh, yes. it, cut it, cut it, cut it. Yeah, cut it. You, you definitely felt it. That. Felt like yeah, yeah. But I laughed. I was laughing a lot out yeah. loud. So. And you can't do anything. Talk about powerless. Yeah. You can't do anything about reviews, and you can't do anything about the public's opinion, and you can't do anything. You just but you can't. saved so, all of the ones for yeah. Dumb and Dumber. I did because it was so exciting, and in, and in fact, but weren't they sort of mixed? You said they were. My, yeah. my mom had only one review. Yeah. On the refrigerator, and it, it was a review that said the writer's mothers should be ashamed. That's amazing. <laughs> That's going to be the title of this podcast. That's my mom. Yeah, okay. And she cut it out and put that's, it on her That's the only one that she reviewed. That's a cool mom, though. She is a cool mom. Do you think you that's, got your sense of humor from your parents in that way? Or that sense of... I, I, here, here's the weird thing. I, I was always funny. Yeah. It was always my defense and, and, my, and my everything. My right. offense and my defense. So I was the really funny one. Uh, my mom has gotten progressively funnier and funnier as she's gotten older, yeah. I, I think she's actually gotten funnier. So, so, uh, but, but, it might have come from her if there was any right. genetics. Or that sort of like it's sort of an absurd thing, like to cut out and put up. I mean, oh, it's hysterical. It says that, something that, about the person. It says everything about yeah, her, yeah, yeah. Which, which per- she doesn't take two things too seriously, right? And it's perfect. I yeah. wish she'd still had it. I wish it had it. That's probably a good fall one. To pieces. Yeah, I'm sure it's online somewhere. I know. If I could just remember the phrasing of it exactly, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the writers. The writer's parents, or either parents or mothers, should be ashamed. It's right. Yeah. So when you work with your writing partner, what's the process? Do you like we're going to work from nine to four today, or 
I, yes. Like, how do you we clock don't in? Have, what do you do? We don't have an office, so we work at each other's places. Yeah. Uh, I have had offices with writing partners before. Yeah. Uh, but we like it this way. I live in West Hollywood. He lives in uh, Sher- Van Nuys, Sherman Oaks. Sure. So uh, we, we're, we're, there, we're 11 to 6, Monday through Friday. And that's we, we, good. That's a nice long chunk of time. That's good. We take an hour for lunch. Yeah. yeah. It's 11 to 6, and we... We always start Monday through Friday. You know, you have meetings. You got to go to depending where the meetings yeah. are. That's the day where we're going to work. But that you day. treat it like this is my job. Even when, oh, even yeah. when I'm not, you know what I Absolutely. mean. Like when you're developing or whatever. Yes. What's your biggest distraction during the day? Trump. Facebook. When? Facebook. Facebook. I, yeah, I, yeah. First of all, he's going to hear this, so he knows it probably. We sit across. We, we're across the room from each other. Right. But we don't. We can't. Our, we have our laptops. Are you yet. still the only typer? No, no, no. He types too. That's good. Yeah, and and also we'll break it. We'll break the script down together. We'll plot it out together. Then we'll break up the plot parts and pass them along. So you write this scene, that scene, then so so we're working separately. Do you have note cards and boards? No, we never use it. We did on this on the not even a post it. Uh, I'll show you afterwards a picture of the board from the last project oh, okay. that we worked on because again very much a television writer's room yeah. it was all broken up yeah, yeah, we yeah. never do that we never we will write documents so we'll right. have it written down on paper but we won't do anything like that you know? yeah 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 and just each other I just houses. like office supplies I like a nice dry yeah, erase board who does, like to, sometimes yeah. I'll wander to Office Depot yeah. and, and find it's two hours yeah. later and I'm like what am I doing here oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh god I know yeah, that gift certificate yeah 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 I just <laughs> changed my system of organization because I've been taking this class at the Actors Fund called Managing Cash Flow for oh, Artists. Well, that's, a, that's a great idea. It's so good. Wow, it's good. Huh? Yes, I'm learning so much. But it's not just like, oh, here's some ideas. They're like, you have to do this. And you're going to get your system together and you need to know this every month. I think that's month. smart because I'm terrible. I advise you. I will, I'll give you the info. Yes, but it's great. terrible. But I, I have a new... Binder, I'm just a binder. Oh my gosh, I'm a little old school. You're into binders now. Yes. Okay, you pick some some questions from the observation deck. Have you ever written a fan letter? Yes, I wrote a fan letter to my favorite writer, William Goldman, the author author of Marathon Man uh, and. which casting the Sundance and game. Adventures in the Screen Trade. Adventures in the Screen Trade. So I loved when he wrote about judging a beauty pageant. I don't yes, remember what that, that was. That was but called uh, hit, hit, uh, so, yeah. Uh, oh shoot! Yes, it yeah, was yeah, all yeah. about him, him judging Ken and the yeah. same year judging a beauty pageant. Not hit hit something. Hope and Glory or something. Hope and Glory. Hope and Glory. So uh, because this was in 1976. And uh, he, I read The Princess Bride. I loved him. I right. loved him. And I read The Princess Bride. There's a character named Yellen yeah. in The Princess Bride. So I'm like... So it was, a book, have, it was a book before it was the film. It was, it was an incredible book yeah. before it was the film. The book was... It blew me. It was like one of my favorite books. Yeah. And so I wrote him this fan letter. And at the end of the fan letter, I wrote, P.S. I'm in high school. You're under no obligation to answer this. But if you don't, I'll commit suicide. <laughs> And I got a letter back from him dated on my birthday, November 8th, 1976, and it said, Dear Bennett, I normally don't answer letters. I hate writing them. But after reading yours, I couldn't have you killing yourself. (laughs) He said, "Uh, Thanks so much for the compliments. I'll do my best. I'll try my best not to believe it. Sincerely, William And, and I, I, That's a great thing to say, actually, that, to someone that, that pays you a compliment. Isn't that perfect? I'll Don't try my mind? best not to believe it because it says, "I appreciate what you said," and I'm modest. And, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. 
it's I want to rip it off. I wanna, it's I amazing. It's, I think people should say that a lot. So I cha- you still I have it? I don't have that. Was in a box of my belongings, and it, when it came to when the final countdown with crazy psycho boyfriend, yeah, I was leaving him, and I was packing. I was grabbing things oh my God, out I'm of the house. Leave. And throwing them into the back of my car, and when I go back in to throw them into the back, he'd take them out of the car and throw them in the bushes. So by the time I drove away, I only had two plastic bags of clothes, and that was in one this of my boxes. This is gay waiting to exhale. Oh, this was the <laughs> exhale. It oh, was, thank God it was. It, they ended yeah. up in the bushes. Yes. Have you ever met? Yeah. Have you ever met? Uh, this is my roommate Penelope. Hi, roommate. We're finishing Penelope. up, and nice this is Gretel. Oh, it's, a, it's the cameo show. Um, have you ever <laughs> it's met a cameo him? Cameo show. I have never met him, and then he's Peter, still alive, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Peter and Bobby. He read us. He asked them for a book, not at the, the sort of like the, I think Adventure of the Screen Trader or the one after that about to read a script of his and to give them. No, I'm like. You got to give because yeah. he loved. There's something about Mary. He was yeah. a huge fan of that. So it, and it killed me that I couldn't meet him because uh, all that was happening when they were doing that together. So, what was it like for you when they would go out and do something like something oh, about I'm, Mary? No, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And they were they were always gracious. They were like, yeah. By the way, Magda, that whole plot with Magda and the dog yeah, getting yeah. crystal meth. That's. <laughs> Pretty much based on my life. I, like in terms of like that was them winking at me. That whole sequence is kind of taken from. Oh, I mean, yeah, that, that that's was, amazing. Yeah, that, so when I sat there, the they thing, were like I'd thinking read, of you. I read the script <laughs> and I just looked at Bobby. I said, "You son of." A Yes. Uh, yeah. I saw them when they were on that Project Greenlight show for yes. a while, yes. and I thought they were really winning. Yeah, they were, I, and I, I felt like they weren't built for that thing. Like it, I don't know, like that, that reality. If, if you noticed that their appearance got yeah. less and less, yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's, was a result of their yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't for them. Right. Yeah, but I yeah. remember liking them watching it. Yeah. Okay, who's your most surprising fan? All right. This is a... Okay, this is a, this is a get out your handkerchief story. So, I, I love Hawaii, and I have friends in Hawaii, and, and one time I'm in Hawaii, this is in 2012, maybe, and my friend says, I want you to meet Tracy because... She loved. She and her her son love Dumb and Dumber. And I said, of course. I, 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 when someone says they like it, it's like if someone said to you, Dennis, thank you. You made me happy for two hours. Why? Why wouldn't anyone go? Oh my God! Th- yeah. Thank you. I'm so yeah. glad I was able to do that. So I meet Tra- Tracy, and she's this beautiful, beautiful blonde. And she says, Yeah, you know, Dumb and Dumber is my. It's it's trap. It's my son's favorite movie. And, and when he was having chemo, we would watch it every. Uh, we'd watch it every day that he'd do his chemo, and he died last year. I'm like, mm. so I said, "What was his name?" And he said, "Travis." And and, and when we got well, when I knew we were going to do Dumb and Dumber too, I, I called her up and said, "I asked Peter and Bobby. I said, can we name a character Travis?" And uh, and she's and I called her up and said, uh, "The villain's named Travis." Yeah. So. And what did she say? She was. I, she didn't say she was touched. I yeah. mean, yeah. But uh, she and her daughter. Yeah, it was. That's, that's that's my. To me, that was another element of why that movie was so much was so sweet. That yeah. we were actually, because so when you met her, you kept in touch with her. You got her in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Kept in touch. She's like the villain. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and it's, two, <laughs> it's two parts too. Yeah. So, so that's um, yeah. So that was one. That's my. I, but I hear from. 
every, I get it from every, you know, I got, I got my hair cut the other day and, and the woman who cuts my hair has been cutting my hair for years. She said, there's this guy who wants to meet you. He's my new client. His name is Elliot and Dumb and Dumber is his favorite movie. I said, okay. You know, I'm like, oh, sure. I'll sit. He's, he's, he wants to write. We sit down with him. I said, yeah, I'll sit down with them to try and convince them not to. <laughs> Have you met with them yet? Not yet. Not yet. I just had that. I just had that. I did that recently. This yeah. young kid from England who a friend of friend knows, and he's written this pilot and stuff. And I, I think I think that I don't have much to say or offer. And then no, when I sat it. down, I was like, okay. You have a lot. <laughs> Trust me. You, your experience is, yeah. is an education that they can so. never get. Yeah. And it's all, it's yours. It's specifically yeah. yours. So and he was a bright kid. He's, he's talented. And anyway, yeah. If I'd heard that, I would love to. I never thought I was going to do this. I backed into it. It was a yeah. total, total surprise. I fantasized about it as a kid. I said, I want to write movies and I love movies. But I never thought, I don't have any connection. I don't, we don't know anybody. I didn't think it was going to happen. If I had gotten advice, that would have probably helped, maybe. Or hurt. Yeah. Who knows? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You also picked this question. Are you a good flirt? That, that made me laugh. I am the worst. I am the worst because I am so dense. I am so dense about knowing when someone is interested. So right. I don't know when... I don't know when that light is green or yellow or yeah. red. I just, I don't even see a light. I'm just like, and so I don't, oh, we're going after. Oh, she's uh, the. Somebody's uh, out there. Yeah. So I'm horrible. I'm a terrible flirt. Yeah. However, once I am aware that someone's interested, then I go to pieces. <laughs> so, so, so it's so one or extreme or the other. Right. It's, it's bad in all variations of the form. Yes, I'm terrible. But, uh, but then once I'm relaxed, I mean, that's the. Uh, I like people. I like to talk. I like to... I, I may talk too much, but I, I like to ask questions of people. Right. I mean, we're, you're asking all the questions today, but uh, everyone's a story to me. Everyone's yeah. like a book on a shelf. So I want to get someone's story. And, you know, I'm very... I, I ask... So I'm, I like a social situation. I'm a social creature. You're a social I, creature. I, I like a social situation. I do. And then I can also be uncomfortable and quiet. Kind of yeah. clam up too, you know. But... Uh, you talked about being a kid and wanting to write movies, maybe. What, uh, were, what were the movies that really turned you on as a kid? Uh, everything. I got, you know, we had a TV, so I'd watch... I, 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 the family together, we would watch musicals together. Those, those are yeah. the ones we'd sit down and watch The Sound of Music right. and The King and I and, and, and even The Singing Nun, which was horrible. But as a kid, I didn't think it was horrible. I just, right. Uh, and so I loved musicals, but I loved every, I loved comedy. I loved horror. I liked everything. I mean, I that box was like like the the, the door to imagination for me. So it was more watching things on television than going to the cinema. Oh, I loved going to the, the cinema. Yeah. I loved going to the theater too. And yeah. I, I remember my parents taking me to see My Fair Lady at the Egyptian Theater. Wow. Yeah. And I also remember, and this is just ridiculous. My sister is taking me to see. Bonnie and Clyde. This is we're talking. I'm eight years old. It's so violent. I, Dennis, the ending of that movie was so horrifying to me. I, I, I I've never forgot. I was like, what? I, I, I was, I was shocked. An eight year old kid seeing that in 1967. Come on. Yeah. yeah. My parents were very. My Orthodox Jewish parents let their son go see that. That's great. That's great. I loved seeing movies. Where would you go to the movies when you back in the day? I lived in, in Westchester, okay. just by the airport. And there yeah. were two beautiful, one beautiful movie palace, the Loyola Theater, which is still kind of the the building is still there and kind of the marquee. When you if you could see 
pictures, Google pictures of when it was this gorgeous. Is it when you drive house. down Sepulveda? Yes. And there's all those kind of old. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and then the other one down the street was the Paradise, which wasn't pretty, but the Paradise had this fantastic feature, which was the cry room. Do you know what the cry room is? Well, we had one in a, a church when I grew up. It was a Mormon church. It was where you take your babies if yes, they were crying that's right. during in the, church. In the back, but did it have yeah. a big window? Yeah, it had, had a window. So you could watch what was going on. That was the cry room of the paradise. Right? Yeah. It was big, and it, they, they'd pipe in the sound. And, and also, we were on a hill on Sepulveda. We lived on Sepulveda. Literally, our address was Sepulveda, and we were on a hill, which is now Howard Hughes. There's all yeah, that. Howard Hughes Parkway. That was a field, and right. at the end of the field was the Sentinella Drive-In. So we w- we had a, a telescope. So I'd watch movies at the Sentinella Drive-In for free. Although you didn't you get the, see the house. I remember watching the Maltese Bippy, which was I've never heard the, of that movie. This was the only movie that Rona Martin made. Oh my god! In 1968, when the show was a huge yeah. Show. You yeah. bet your Bippy, right? Yeah. yeah, you bet your sweet Bippy. Wow! So I'm going to the drive-in tonight. Actually, where are you going? Well, it's the Electric Dusk Drive-in. It's they kind of set it up and do it over in okay, Atwater. So it's, it, so yeah. it's not a, the, an old. Fashion one, but it's, it's sort of like the, the do you do it with cars? Yeah, 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 yes, right. Oh, um, that's kind of it'll be fun. I'm seeing risky business, which I haven't seen in a long time, yeah, and Blazing Saddles, which I've never seen. You haven't seen I've never it? seen it, isn't oh, that crazy? Good. Yeah, that is crazy. I know, where, but I wanted to see it. Comedy I know, history. but I wanted to see it on the big screen, so that's an odd pairing. I know, I'm trying to figure out what the connection is. I don't think there is in one. advertising it. No, that's pretty odd, yeah, yeah. So there's that. That's pretty funny. What was? Do you remember when you came out and started going out? Was there a club scene? I always like to know what LA was like before I moved here. Well, I was going. I was going to UCLA as an undergraduate. Yeah. And I was living at home. And I was going to West Hollywood. I was going to West Hollywood. I was going on Melrose. There was a place called One. I was being very. I was really exploring the uh, the seedy underside of it because right. it, it was sort of fascinating and alluring and yeah. tempting and everything like that. Uh, so I was going to West Hollywood, and, right. and, and, but I'd always come back. And, and uh, it was... Was there a roller rink? Wasn't there a roller yeah, rink? Oh, yeah, Flippers. Flippers, Flippers. is where, where they filmed uh, Xanadu. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was afraid we weren't going to end on a high note. And I, <laughs> but we did. We and are. I, and I, here's what I remember about that time. Okay. Is... Right where the uh, Circus of Books is, is that's La Jolla, I think, Santa yeah. Monica and La Jolla. At night, cars would go around the neighborhood, and it was like the rose, per- like, it was one car after another car after another car after another, and slowly moving through that, and, and, and people were walking around cruising. It was insan. It was the, insanity. You could you could drive all up and down those streets, and, and that, and those probably like like from Crescent Heights to probably Harper, uh, right, uh, and. It was just craziness. And yeah. that's, that's where I got my education. On right. the, str- the streets. I love John it. John Reshi. All right. Thank you for putting up with Enzo <laughs> and the, oh, the cat fight and the, everything else. This was one of the more exciting podcasts. Yeah, I, good. I'm glad. Unexpected. There, there, there was cameos. There was cameos. And, um, and new animals. And are things. you on any social media that you want to plug? No. I okay. Really, I, 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 no. I, I, I do have... I am on Twitter, but I... Yeah. It drives me nuts to get a notification yes. that somebody I'm following is... I just, I, yeah, so you're out. It drives me nuts. I'm okay. not on Instagram, no. Yeah. No. I All wish right. I could promote the the 
the upcoming Thing reboot, about, but yes. by the time, I don't know when you're going to post this, it might be, uh... Might be announced? I'll probably announce I'll post it in a few weeks. Yeah, if it, if it gets announced, when it gets announced, I'll let you know. Okay, Because the director sure. said, like, within ten days we should know. Oh, that's exciting! Yeah, yeah. Congrats just, on that. Yeah, thank you. It's yeah. good. It, it's... It was it was a blast. Yeah. It was a blast. It was so much fun. So it was this. Okay. This Last question. Fun. Yes. You talked about writing being <laughs> being a rough road and all of that stuff. Why? What's what's the thing about it that you love? Why do um, you do it? It's 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 an expression of me. It, it's the it, it's not just an expression of me. It, it's I get to express something and it gets it takes flight and then it actually has gravity and and then other people can enjoy i mean i do it because i want to i want other people to have a, a an experience you know i i, I mean if, uh, hopefully a positive one i mean i've, I've done horror before and, and i know i know that's hard to like say oh gee i hope you're scared but but it, it's some sort of it's some sort of uh, like intense experience you know uh i've never really been asked that before but i think it's just I'm so lucky that I get to do it. It's such an unbelievable plus that it's happened, that, that I have this opportunity that, that I, I'm just like, I, I want to entertain people. I want people to, have, to enjoy themselves, you know, and, and to have that, to, to be given that, that opportunity is extraordinary for me, you know. So, and, and I'll do it as long as someone lets me. I, I can't believe I'm still working. I mean, I thought the lifespan of a writer in Hollywood was, you know, like, Short. I mean, like the career span. So I can't believe I've been doing this successfully since 1986. But someone is someone's being very kind to me. And the uh, who knows? That's awesome. Well, yeah. it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Dennis. Thank you so much for fun. doing this. Thank and uh, I hope we don't get sued. We're done. I know, right? Who would have sued us? <laughs> okay. Bye. All right. How fun was Bennett Yellen? He had so many good stories. I could have talked to him all day. Okay. So this happened. I went to this thing called the Electric Dusk Drive-In with some friends over the weekend. It's a pop-up drive-in situation, um, and it's located in Los Feliz, Atwater Village area, and uh, they were showing the most random uh, double feature, Risky Business and Blazing Saddles, if ever two movies belong together. Anyway, um, I'd never seen Blazing Saddles before, so I was very curious to see it on the big screen, and... um, I, first of all, the first two minutes, there's so much uh, un-PC stuff going on. You're like, this movie would never get made today. And I hear them talking about wanting to make a musical. I don't even know if that could happen. Um, but uh, I had some laughs. I loved Madeline Kahn's song. <laughs> I loved when Dom DeLuise said, watch me, faggots. Um, I think that should go on a t-shirt. But um, the funniest part was halfway through uh, Blazing Saddles, the generator to the the whole place went off. So all the, we lost all power and, um, this inflatable screen screen started folding and my friend Danny and I could have been crushed to death by a screen by, we could have been killed by blazing saddles literally. Um, and that would have been kind of an okay way to go. Um, but they got it fixed and all was well and we made it. And I, I did enjoy the part at the end where they kind of kept bursting into other film sets and running down back lots and spoiler alert, Anyway, I, I was I was glad I got to see something that had been on my list for a long time. Although I will say, I think I had heard so much about the fart scene that I was a little like, oh, that's it? 
a little underwhelmed by the farts, which is kind of the story of my life. All right, that's enough for now. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Patreon, Patreon subscribers, I'm going to have a really fun episode for you that I'm going to tout in the next episode. And I'm going to give you a little tease. It has to do with the miniseries Feud. 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 So chew on that for a while. All right, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye. Bye.